The Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listener, to The Big Red Couch. Tonight on the couch, we have, in merry old England... Craig. I don't know why I said it like that. And here, in New Zealand, it's me, Ben. How's it going, Craig? It, it's going pretty well. I mean, on the subject of merry old England, that did not sound in any way English. I mean, that sounded like they were trying to do a weird comedy version and messing it up. Um, the comedy German, maybe, I'm not sure. It's been reasonably merry. Uh, it is a Friday night. I went to the pub with some co-workers. <laughs> and so, consequently, went from the newly opened Japanese bar and grill... Nice. ...to a pub that they know was serving alcohol at least a hundred years before any European saw New Zealand. Hmm. Awesome. Hmm. Sorry, is, is, the, is the place called The Japanese Bar and Grill, or is it weirdly inappropriately titled like Osaka Dan's or something like that? Uh, it does have a name, but I've forgotten what it is. It's like a fo- uh, Mika or Mika, Mika or something. Okay, fair enough. Cool, cool. All right, yeah. so, so... I mean, I can look... That's fine, that's fine. I was just wondering if it was going to be sort of like extremely wacky and memorable. But if it, if it is no, appropriately no, it's, nondescript. It's, it's nondescript. It's, it's a bit weird. It's kind of, it's crammed into a reasonably old building. So it's kind of a bar that's divided up to lots of little spaces. So that's quite interesting. Okay. And the decor is fun. The prices, not so much, but the decor is fun. Hmm. Oh, cool. While we're doing restaurant reviews, I went to a tiny hole-in-the-wall kebab shop in Mount Eden, which was very good. Excellent. Dirty kebab. Indeed, indeed. It was, uh... I might as well give them a shout-out. We, we don't do, we don't do the yeah. good, any good for the community, so... We do plenty of good for the community for a very limited value of good. <laughs> and community. And what of it? Yes. I think I forgot the name because it's Eden Kebab. It does have the, um alarming distinction of being right next to a hairdresser that had a drive-by shooting a couple of days ago what yep sleepy mount eden and there was a uh, a picture of a number of large holes which i'm no ballistic expert but these are these are big holes these are like um sort of inch diameter holes punched in the glass it lends a certain frisson to your... Um, your kebab experience? Your, your lamb on rice with chips. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's the fact that it was a hairdresser's that was apparently targeted is very weird. And I've had really bad haircuts before. I mean, not recently, obviously, but that it has happened. I suppose in that case I should do a, a shout-out to the Mia Japanese Grill and Bar in Aylesbury. Very nice. So that was that was different way to spend the Friday off in the... Um, you know, the, the, the dangerous under, underbelly of Mount Eden. <laughs> the seedy, crime-filled streets of Sin Suburb. Yes, yes. New Zealanders will get why that's a stupid thing to say, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll forge on. All right, so here we are, episode 125, with the prompt, which planet soccer, which, this is going to cause problems, which is... The responsibility of uh, me, well, Craig and Jeff Jacks, partially for putting it into a questionable content comic episode. So, hmm. yeah, cool. 
Does, does that mean I should lead off with my alleged idea, or...? Yes, um... yes, definitely. Um, set that bar nice and low. Okay. I don't want to be tripping over it. All right. Setting the bar nice and low, I thought I'd, I'd open with where my thoughts started on this one, which is, I don't know how to make an RPG about playing a sport interesting. And we covered a lot of this territory with the 13th Interplanetary Curling Competition episode way the hell back when. And at least for me, it's still reasonably valid. I still can't really figure out how you'd make an RPG about playing soccer or football, which I will be using those terms interchangeably uh, for the remainder of the episode. I don't know how to make that interesting. And so my idea is entirely based around, okay, let's not try. Instead, let's use that as a vehicle to do something interesting. And as, as part of my technique of more or less mining my own previous gaming ideas for podcast fodder, I, I came up with a thing. As a setting, we've got humanity has gone out there and they have colonized and possibly terraformed some planets. But we are, we are now an interstellar species. Possibly something happened to the Earth that made it kind of imperative that this happened. Who knows what? <laughs> Indeed. And you've got these worlds, you've got these colonies, and one of them is colloquially known as the Witch Planet. Mm. I think there are a few ways you can go with this. I mean, one of them is just the, this is witch being used as a description of something that is weird and potentially inhuman, but we're not talking pointy hats and broomsticks and magic powers here. Right. So it's possible that there is something on that world that caused the people to change and become very strange. Um, or it's possible that they are being quite literal and this is a planet of magical creatures or possibly flat-out monsters. The setup for the idea is effectively that travel between the planets isn't sort of an everyday thing, but it is something that is is possible. It is It is doable. It happens enough that the idea of an interplanetary football league is a thing, because people wanted to be inclusive, even though nobody who goes to the witch planet ever comes back, and nobody goes there in the first place. The witch planet just doesn't talk to anybody, nobody talks to the witch planet, but they're still technically part of the, the, the community, so technically there's a space for them in in this this competition. Is it sort of like a, euf- a euphemism for something useless or non-existent? Sort of like horse feathers or something. It was like, oh, it's like like they play soccer on the witch planet sort of thing. Oh, nice. So, so maybe I, that, a, that one I had Yeah, maybe it's a, a a reference to something that cannot possibly happen or at least was anticipated not to possibly happen until it did. That would be an interesting Indeed. thing if the, the Interplanetary Soccer League suddenly has a delegation from the eerie, mistrusted Well, that's what planet. I'm going with. Hmm. Yeah, the, the, a, a delegation from the Witch Planet turns up. And the point of the game is less about the football, and it's more of a, a sins of the fathers kind of situation. Because... If there's something, yeah, this if there's something weird on the witch planet that caused people to to change, well, that's one thing. Then again, maybe the people didn't necessarily arrive on the planet that way. Maybe in order to terraform all these other worlds, genetically engineered humans were created to get the terraforming done. But you don't really want the lizard folk and the the, the weird desert or, or deep aquatic people around once you've got things the way you want. And so they just kind of quite, quietly got 
shuffled off hmm. and forgotten about, and now they've come back. Or if you take the other approach, um, which is where I, I start to mine my own gaming history, many years ago when I read the Clive Barker book Cabal, which got made into the movie Nightbreed, it has as part of it the whole idea of effectively the community of creatures and monsters. I think they were the, the children of the moon was the um hmm. or the tribes of the moon was the phrase used. And yeah, part of the plot there was basically them having to find a new home when the events of the book or movie play out. And so putting that into a a science fictional setting, you know, humanity has gone out there and, and colonized the stars. Maybe it was a we do this or we all die situation mm. because the earth is a bit fucked. And maybe they had some help doing it. You know, if if you can see you're staring down the barrel of economic collapse and environmental collapse and it's all going to hell and you can see that there should be a way of doing this interstellar travel thing but you can't quite figure it out and then some actual literal horrors walk up and say, okay, we can help you out but we want off too. Huh. Interesting. Do you take that devil's bargain? You probably do. You give them a planet of their own, you just never expected that a few generations down the track, their kids might decide, well, actually, we don't want to be locked up here for the rest of time. Um, we quite like the idea of this community thing. We'd like to have a bash at that, please. Yes, so it's not quite a Pied Piper situation, but it has the same sort of... I'm sure there's a, there's a, a story out there where, you know, the normal sphere... Ugh, is begrudgingly takes assistance from outsiders and then reneges on their their word because oh they don't matter they we've we've got what we want now and normally this uh, there is some sort of just punishment but in this circumstance it might just be that oh oh yeah we kind of said that we'd play football together or in, implied that was the kind of thing that would happen in future yeah interesting setting huh where would the Where's that line exist where the players can can jump on either side of it and push the line around? Where's the where's the tension? Where's the game in there? The game, I think, is less is less about the football. Um, I mean, this would be this would be one where I would want to go with a game system that handled relationships and loyalties well. Because mm-hmm. as I see it in the game, what you have is a bunch of players from the the normal worlds. This bunch of players from the Witch Planet, be they genetically modified, uh, sort of descendants of genetically modified humans, be they people who are mutated by their environment, be they flat-out monsters and creatures. They could just be the colonists who were sent to the shitty planet. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I'd want there to be to be something about it, but yeah, they, 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 yes, they're 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 an ostracized or other group that, yeah, have contributed. Easily as equally and not gotten the same sort of thing, the same sort of benefits and so forth. Yeah, I, I I would want to do the game as one where the players are well, players. Yeah, the player characters are all players in this league, potentially from other te- yeah you know, m- many different teams, or they could all be from the Witch Planet. It, it doesn't a hundred percent matter because what the game is about is kind of on the one hand, it's the rivalry between these these teams which are kind of representative of their planets slash states slash political blocks. Yeah, you've got the whole patriotism thing going there. On the other hand, over the course of the game, it becomes apparent that, yeah, you're also... 
you're also kind of on the receiving end of the decisions of people who've come before you who maybe aren't around anymore, or maybe they are, but they're trying to keep something hidden. And it's coming out and you're finding out what it is, um, which kind of allows you to tap into the, the sort of some of the very classic sports movie kind of tropes of there might be somebody who's a complete dick on the field, but off the field there's that love of the game that they might be a bit of a dick, but you've still potentially got more in common with them than some of the other folks around. Hmm. That's that's what I'd be wanting to hit hit for the game. That effectively it's it's old secrets that people want to keep hidden are being dredged to the surface, whether they like it or not. Well, that's the thing with with secrets that are old secrets generally get maintained by whoever is benefiting most from the status quo because they're benefiting most from the status quo. Anything that challenges the perceived authority of, of whatever the system is needs to remain intact for them to feel secure. So if the folks from Witch Planet turn up and say, we'd like to we'd like to play football, please, but we can't play football with you. You're a rock monster. It's like, yeah, how did that happen again? Hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah, tell, tell us all about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the fact is that it's very likely that the crap things very obviously happened to the folks that got out. There were also crappy things that happened and continue to happen to everybody because of the way that this thing's got set up. Maybe it was a, a last-ditch attempt to, to save humanity, but if it established really unfair systems and, and, and inequalities that have carried on, maybe this is just the, the thing that initiates people questioning what's going on. This is the, 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 the characters effectively Katniss and the Hunger Games or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, you don't... Yeah, wait a minute, you guys don't have indentured servitude? How could that possibly work? Um, yeah. Yeah. And maybe the, like, the, the folks on the witch planet is like, yeah, we were, we were really hard done by. We had to, like, you know, sort ourselves out and we, we had to form, like, a global government and we had to make sure that everyone was, was, was treated fairly. And now we're feeling like we've, we've done well and we're, we're going to confront our, our, our equally advanced colleagues on the other planets. And oh my god, they're, they've regressed into horrible feudal corporatocracy or something. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> Did they do us a favor? They might have, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably not too deliberately, but it is starting to look that way. Yeah, so that would be interesting. You, there's also a tinge of recent controversies about trans women in sports and so forth. The idea that you oh. know these folks are these folks are different, and therefore, um, you know, they're, they're going to be somehow super people who will who will you know have more testosterone or more rock monster skin or something like that. Um, Archer just started a new series where they're in space and it's bizarre which is why i keep thinking rock monsters um pam's a rock monster fair enough um, huh. yeah, that's good. good for her <laughs> good she seems to be living it so that's all it's good <laughs> but the idea that you know that the especially the way that these things are reported currently is like omg look at this this towering person who has all of the the hormone superpowers and so forth and that is like the one time this athlete beat you know got first place or something and you know, the rest of the time they're pretty much average competitively and if you like do you you do check check the testosterone scores it's like oh okay that that should be fine it's just that every time it comes up that you know that somebody wins something and they happen to be a trans person it's like oh they're going to destroy the sport and that would be a that would be another 
observation of how this 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 othering is taking place and is affecting these people. I yes. do remember reading a thing about a um, to to my hazy recollection of it, a cisgendered female athlete who does happen to have naturally fairly high mm-hmm. testosterone and huge amounts of wrangling about the this is an unfair advantage and they, they should be made to take um, testosterone blockers and other people pointing out yeah I mean Michael Phelps was born with fucking flippers at the end of his legs but you don't hear anybody complaining about that yes yes because it tends to be the, the selection of when those things become a problem seems to be very selectively chosen and you know it does seem to come down to does this person have a penis more often than not yeah I mean, yeah. in, in, but you know, it's it, it's the penis rule. <laughs> um, the gun is good. The penis is evil. Thank you, Zados. Um, no, actually, it's kind of the opposite. Um, the, 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 the yeah, the sporting commission is never wrong. The penis is what we judge things by. It's not as catchy. No, it really true. isn't. Yeah, I cannot see um, Sean Connery signing on for this project. Not not with that thong at this this juncture. Sorry, that's complete disrail. Completely picture that audience. Hold it. Hold that image in your mind. <laughs> Don't look away. Yes. <laughs> Anywho. So yes, those that, that that was the the sort of the dark, creepy variant of the of the idea. The I quite like it. It's kind of challenging. It's got a little bit of the um, Nemesis, the Warlock, Termite Empire to it a little bit. You know, where they where they where the the they treat the aliens as deviants, which is baffling to start with. And then when they run out of aliens to persecute, they start going after people with freckles. Somebody was making a point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hmm. Yep. The, the, the much more cutesy version of the idea, and I'm hazy on how one would do it, is if you've got the witch planet, and it's, I mean, this, this is kind of full-on anime Miyazaki levels of cute territory going on. So just just bear with me here. It's a witch planet. Everybody's magical. You really do have the pointy hats and the broomsticks and, and the cats and everything. Every, everything about that planet is done magically. All the sports are, are sort of magically enabled sports. Then a bunch of school kids hear about this interplanetary sort of interschool league for this game called soccer. Strange, mysterious. The, the beautiful sport. Is it yeah, the beautiful sport? Is it the and beautiful it's sport? People... It's not the sweet science. That's boxing. That's boxing, and it's not the great game because that's international politics and warfare. This is very confusing. Chin music is something else. Oh, yeah. that chin music is something else entirely, or basically all mm. the other things we talked. <laughs> Indeed, chin music. Um, I'd always assume that it's just a euphemism for kicking when somebody when they were down. Uh, I, um, think, I think it was like punching someone in the face. But yeah. Oh right. Yeah, okay. that, <laughs> So yes, in this case, it's a, a a group of witches. I mean, depending on how you wanted to do it, you can actually make it an all-girl team with the point with football kits, but with still with the wide-brimmed pointy hats, trying to go and play this football game, which is a completely non-magical game, despite not actually being very having really any idea of how the game works at first. And it's more or less Taisho Baseball Girls, the anime, but with football and spaceships. And brooms. I'd buy it, and I think that was pretty much the um, the upshoot of the um, questionable content uh, comic. Yeah, I mean, they never drilled into what. Well, that, that was the thing. It was um, like which planet was... soccer was about, or um, pretty pretty unicorn detective? 
Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you're you're kind of thinking that absolutely sounds like a summer anime. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no question. Because there's a lot of there's a there's a strong tradition of random magical girls and sports. You know, actually quite sophisticated. There's there's the one called Haiku, which is a one about volleyball. Um, there's there's and there's long running long running ones about boxing and so forth would girls und panzer fall into this category weirdly enough yes because the 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 delicate feminine art of what was it mobile artillery panzer i can't tank warfare tank warfare there's a particular word but it was like flower arranging and and tea ceremonies and driving replicas or genuine examples of world war ii tanks was was these 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 feminine arts of this particular baffling alternate reality? <laughs> Interesting anime, very very precisely modelled tanks and um, perky teens battling for um, supremacy in a league of surprisingly non-fatal tank round exchanges. There's some good good tactical things in there. Some. I'm imagining, like, just firing paintballs roughly the size of a basketball at each other. Um, but that might just be me. They appear to be legitimate shells, which logically would, like, uh, annihilate anything less than a tank. But when the ta- a tank is struck, a little, little, a little hatch opens and a flag pops up. I've got to assume that they're supposed to stay buttoned up the entire time the, the match is on, the same the way that you wear paintball goggles, because there's no way... Something that is not a tank would survive that because they tr- they travel at the same velocity at the same distance. So, yeah, it's it's going with some speed. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it could be made of aerogel. It would still probably do you a uh, fatal injury. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yes, it, absolutely, absolutely. That is a that's a, a a definite a definite equally wacky example, and it kind of bleeds into what I was I was thinking about. So. It's like we plan these things. It really isn't. Yeah, notes to the audience, we don't plan these things. I've had enough cold brew coffee to, to wake me up, and Craig is, well, you, you're feeling no pain, or just, just the regular amount of pain? <laughs> um, regular amount of pain. Cool. I mean, I, I, have had, I, I have had three pipes this evening, but they were spaced out over a, um, a responsible period of time. And you could... Easily, safely make it home to your uh, to your new centrally located abode. So, hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, if I if I was to climb up to the roof deck of my place, I could probably see the furthest location. <laughs> Excellent. Living in the centre of town is awesome. So the I can pivot that into the idea that I was working with. Ooh. No, I've got I've got a couple of stops along the way. Did you watch the trailer for the new Pixar movie that I sent you? Yes. The onward with the relentlessly domesticated gnomes and um, centaurs and trolls and so forth and little and little gags and so forth. I, it's it's effectively fantasy realm dropped into American suburbia. Yeah, yeah. But the, I, the fact that the the unicorns are now ghastly feral raccoon monsters who eat garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. The, the disheveled feral unicorn look is my favourite. It's like, ah, you left the, the lid off the trash can yeah, again. The, it's like, again. Shoot, shoot, go away! Damn unicorns. Hisses and... <laughs> one's the can stuck on its head. Beautiful. I loved that. And, and yeah, just that little little presentation amused me greatly. So, 
Yes, the idea of your your notion coming out of that one of folks who are very used to doing magic relentlessly holding down that they they understand this is this this is a, its own sort of magic and they're going to compete on the terms of everyone else and they're not going to cast spells and damn it if they aren't doing that by instinct and it's like they're just holding their holding basically holding their magical intuitions and 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 reflexes in is part of the challenge so they're they're, ah. they're pouring they're they're, they're they're making they've made it their their goal to do this and they're, they're trying to um they're definitely trying to their best to to conform to this thing because they they see the value and they see the beauty in the in the sport and the teamwork and everything. And so like, so they're eschewing magic to become part of this. The idea I had was was parallel to that. The one I would put forward is a notion of a world which is pretty much exactly like ours, but a bit more Harry Potter. Magic exists. It's not everywhere, but it's known about and. In this world, the, the you know the the International Football Association has very strict rules about the use of magic. Extremely strict rules. It's the this is the beautiful game. It is a pure expression of physicality and sportsmanship and teamwork and blah 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 blah. Round ball sport, oval ball sport. I'm not very good at that. However, the idea that you have not just the way you have like your your defense and offense is the gridiron isn't it so whatever you have in football because i've forgotten you have equivalent teams of magic users witches and so forth looking for malign influence and maybe assisting their team or maybe more tactically assisting the other team so that somebody notices that magic has been used to assist the other team and they get someone disqualified. And it becomes a big magical espionage thing in the already complex, emotion-filled and somewhat skullduggery-laden field of international football. You just added an extra layer on top of it, which is magic, which I find more more comprehensible than sports, and a cat-and-mouse game with an offense and defense of the team's magical status on top of the fact that, you know, you have a winning team which is rising through the ranks and people suspect there of being, there being witchcraft and there's referees of the magical persuasion studying everything very closely. You've got to do everything very, very precise and tactically. And yes, if you can get away with, you know, a, a, a curse or charm, but maybe on, on something indirect, something a bit more subtle rather than, you know, actually allowing all of your players on your side to fly, for example, you get to do something a little bit more, um, a little little less overt. So it becomes more like a spy versus spy game, but centred around a league of nominally non-magical sports. Interesting. So yeah, you've got the the sort of, the, the, the extra squads taken from American football, that you've got the notion of effectively trying to cause the other guys to get a foul from well, football and, as I understand it, quite a lot of um, basketball. Interesting. Hmm. You've got the enormous tactical department and dirty tricks brigade from America's Cup yachting. <laughs> Even better, yes. <laughs> Magical um, lawyers. <laughs> yeah. And the complex analysis Nice. Yeah, I mean, that, that one is something that's wrapped way more around the actual game than either of mine. Hmm. Which is, is always nice to see, because, let's face it, I addressed the prompt by running away from it. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a form of acknowledging it's there. 
Indeed. Acknowledging your terror of it and running in the other direction, gibbering. Your statement about not being sure about how to, how to have the game played out inside a role-playing game, I would absolutely not say hey, give everyone tackling, kicking and running skills and playing it out play-by-play. Play. I look something more like um, Worldwide Wrestling that uh, Nathan D. Paletta wrote and more have it driven around the plays the you know the 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 big the big sort of mm, that you know you don't break okay. it down to the atomic level but you pull it back to more like a narrative thing it was like okay and and have it start before the game even it's like okay how you how how set up for you are you are you have your practices been about being more offensive or being more defensive or being more reactive to the other team how have you analyzed them and then going into it you break it up into okay how did these parts of, of the game go rather than natural 20 i kick real good nice so that would that would be an interesting way but the idea of having the players be the supernatural operatives looking for an opening to do a to do a a sneaky shoelace untying cantrip without anyone noticing and looking for the 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 opponents doing the same thing treat it like doping everyone says Mm. it's bad and it doesn't happen but it totally does (laughs) because there's just so much there's so much you know money and prestige and so forth riding on this that is no one conceive of anyone not doing it so everyone assumes everyone is doing it so everyone doesn't yeah hmm. and then tearfully admits to it years later but only once the uh, limitations on any form of um, repercussions have yes uh, passed. all the money are all the money is in offshore tax havens Indeed. And yes, the it's sufficiently long ago that the sporting body's own rules stop them from doing doing anything about it or stripping you of your medals. Mm. Hypothetically. Hypoth- indeed, indeed. In some alternate reality. Indeed. Alright, so uh, where did we go with that? That's quite fun. That I do like the dirty tricks thing. Um Well, you could be fine upstanding, you know, who who playing purely defensively but i mean the, the thing would possibly be the risk and reward and the temptation that you know oh you know you slap the team masseuse with a head cold curse like in the the week leading up to it and and you know you didn't directly affect anyone in the game but nice peripherally trying to affect things so yeah played out more like a long-term sort of and of course they would be Framed around the personalities involved and the people involved, and maybe that's that's more of the thing. It's like treating it as a clash of personalities and a battle of wills and a, the morale and the cheering people on and the overcoming the odds, rather than the kickball real good aspect. Mm. And yeah, the there's a lot of opportunity there for well, all we need, yeah, if we sort of distract everybody's attention to the other end of the pitch so that we can do something a little bit dodgy and nobody will notice. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Like it. I'm not sure about system. Yeah, it would be... The the whole sports-focused role-playing game field is probably deeper than I I realise, but... I mean, starting with the wrestling game you mentioned is is probably not the worst place Mm. to to begin your, your endless quest. I mean, I've not played it myself, but it does address the parts of wrestling which are about its mystique, about kayfabe, and about you know cutting a promo and yelling at the camera. That those parts, as much as the pick, big men picking up one another up and throwing them out of the ring. So, 
Shaolin folding chair style, etc. <laughs> yes. Hitting each other with kayaks, though that may have only happened once. Well, it's the kind of thing you don't want to overdo, obviously. No. <laughs> True, you can overdo the kayak shtick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, and these are you know, a buttload of development, but you know, most of our, our ideas do. No, I mean that one you could take. Yeah, you could take into the sort of the tense, tense, bitter rivalry, win at all costs department, or you could play it as actually quite light and comedic. Hmm. It has that that, that opportunity there. Yeah, I'm not sure whether you'd go as far as kind of wacky sports comedy approach of you know some kind of itching spell cast upon the underwear of the opposing team which I think the equivalent of may have occurred in a Revenge of the Nerds film, now that I think of it. Mm. Anyway, yes, that is quite a fun one. Yeah, I, I would play in that. So we also have stuff from long-suffering members of the audience. Indeed. They've been quite vociferous this week. It's uh, very heartening to see. First up, we have an idea from John Rea for Witch Planet Soccer. And he apologises for creating another... in. Tact, seamless notion. John writes, Apologies to Craig for creating another complete idea. It's set in your bog-standard anime sci-fi fantasy universe. Science, magic, and other things all exist. For this, I'd use OVA, the anime role-playing game, as it's the most versatile. Second choice would be Teenagers from Outer Space. It's FIFA meets Quidditch, minus the cheaty golden snitch. Oh, and from here on out, I'm using the proper name for the sport. Football. Come on, you Reds! The players are an amateur team playing in the Galactic Witch Planet Football Association Playoffs. GWPFA for short. It's considered amateur as it's a celebration of raw talent and a gateway to the professional GWPFA clubs. The GWPFA Playoffs are held once every seven years and pits the top amateur team from each galactic species. The players are the top amateur human team. Though, if, if they really want to, they can play an alien team. And they are facing the top amateur football teams in the galaxy. And every single one of them is made up of witches. Which, soccer, is pretty much football rules. You cannot use your hands, except for the goalkeeper, and you're allowed to use your feet, knees, shoulders, head, and broom, or similar item or body part. The Skrixkri use their eight legs and bulbous abdomen, and they can use their abdomen to hit the ball, as well as their, the four legs that they have free. They use the other four to control and weave a silk wing, which allows them to fly. The Hoss can use their scaly tail to hit the ball, but the Juki can't use there, as it is prehensile and basically a hand. Magic can be used, as long as it's not cast on the ball. And the ball is magically neutrally buoyant, as long as you don't cast another spell on it. If you do, the buoyancy spell goes and it just falls to the ground. The playoffs are held on the witch planet Scarvo, home of the most powerful of witches, the Scarvonians. They don't play football, they just hold the games and act as referees. The pitch is fully three-dimensional, 100 metres on each side, with goal for each team in the centre of one end, 50 metres off the ground. So yeah, your goalkeeper needs to fly. And because the ball more or less ignores gravity, there have been games where the goal was scored by kicking it from the ground. So, like your typical FIFA World Cup, there's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes. Players are being offered payouts to miss a shot. Bets on which team can hit the which bracket, and all sorts of shenanigans going on. And the PCs are getting treated like pro players, with their rooms paid for, their meals catered, 
and experiencing the adulation of fans they never knew they had. And, as in all good anime, someone has designs on who's going to win and who is going to lose. Each of the series of games are best 3 out of 4, which of course can end up in a 5 game Nihilbiter. The PCs will be the star players on a team of 15 to 18 players, so they may not be in every match. As a GM, I'd do first one or two matches. It's a given the PC's team will make it to the finals. And that would be the uh, session in and of itself. And it will not all be on the field. There's an entire planet of powerful witches to get involved, romances to be had, and trouble to get into with the danger of being banned from the playoffs. Potential troubles? Reporters from the Crystal Ball News Service hounding these humans trying to get dirt on them. The team captain from the team they will be facing has taken a shine to the PC team captain. And of course they will be beating on each other on the field of battle. One of the PCs will see what kind of trouble they get into. Wait, that doesn't need to be planned, but you better prepare for it. What do you think, sirs? Interesting one. It, it seems to tackle both the angles that we've kind of come come from there and combined it into one riotous sporting event. Yeah. As I, I, I said, uh, John, John ideas are always fun, but they're also always a complete thing, so there's a limit to how much you can say about it. Something I do like is the notion of... I mean, we've got the whole thing... Yeah, your, your idea had the thing of deliberately interfering with the game and stopping other people from interfering with it. This one kind of brings in the notion of, I guess, player politics and team politics hmm. and and sort of bringing that to the forefront because maybe not so much in the very occasional sports-type movie that I have, um, I have watched, but in other things the shtick of the star player who somebody is trying to tempt away even though it's in the middle of the um the season. Mm. Yeah, I can I can see some fun to be had there. Yeah, what what do you do when you realise that your your star striker is having these secret meetings with other teams? Hmm. Um are they necessarily going to be playing their best? I mean match fixing, that one kind of you can have a lot of fun with match fixing in that. It's because the players are in the, in the circumstances players in the team. It should probably be more light-hearted and follow maybe the anime tournament arc kind of thing of dramatic upsets and defeats and so forth. Rather than my one would be a bit more would have been a bit more clinical. I think as the um, ironically the 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 support teams are above the fray, as it were. While John's idea, the fray is everywhere. In this, in this, yeah, uh, the entire thing is a fray. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what it puts me in mind of, and that partially it's because of the name, but there is a a series of novels about the Galactic Football League. Yep. By um, Scott Sigler, and part of bits of, uh, of bits of the plot do concern what happens when you figure out that one of your big name star players is throwing or at least influencing games. You know, you could you could tell your boss who is going to fire him and because he's a crime lord probably feed him to something, but it also means you're down a star player. Hmm. They that you know, the I think the first book in the series does some interesting stuff um sort of wrapped around that idea. And yeah, John's one does does strike me as a good place to play with that sort of idea. Mhm. Indeed, depending on how, how nasty and underhanded you want to go with it, the whole thing of 
what happens when you find yourself being blackmailed or when people are trying to set up a situation where it looks like your star player is taking bribes, even though they're not, just to get them off the field while an investigation happens. Mm. Yes. Yeah, they'll eventually be found completely exonerated, but the season will be over by then. Yes. Yes. Mm. Or suspicions that a ref is, is biased or... Oh, yeah, nice. Things like that, sort of, what's going on here. So, yeah, but it'd be focused on the um, the players and the games and sort of the build of tension between those sorts of events there. Interesting. You would It would be good to be well-versed in the tropes of uh, sporting-based entertainment and sports themselves, because they're not... They're parallel, but they're not exactly the same. Yeah. Cool. No, that's... Yeah, no, excellent. Yeah, sports sports media is not the sport, and, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Well, sports enter, entertainment's based on sports, sports and the way sports are presented in the media. You're all three distinct things, I suspect. That is true, yeah. You could play with that. I mean, if you were a real, a real deconstructivist type, you could have the, we're the underdogs, but we've come from behind. We've got to... Oh, fuck. <laughs> You were the underdogs, of course, so, yeah. Oh, there's a reason for that. Isn't actually that surprising. <laughs> yeah. Eh, it depends how you want to yeah, play we it. We will have our last-minute uh, our, our last minute victory. No, we won't. <laughs> we'll just get trounced. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Depending on how, uh, how soul-crushing you're feeling like uh, being. Cool. Thank you. Mm. Thank you very much, John. Indeed. Thank you, John. All right. Our, our next one comes to us from Burning and is kind of an image in the head more than, than anything else. But Burning has written, I don't have any playable ideas for which planet soccer. I mean, I fear you've set the bar too high there, Burning. I mean, it could be argued we don't either, but it didn't stop us from making this podcast. And, <laughs> come on. But I've got an image in my head of Baba Yaga's hut dribbling a ball the size of a St. Bernard down the field. Yeah, that is terrifying. I think it, it it's something that may have happened in Blood Bowl at some point. <laughs> Oh, I mean, what it mostly um, <laughs> what it mostly made me think of was, uh, you know, if you had effectively the, the Witch Planet Soccer League, where just all sorts of magical stuff is going on, and just this argument occurring along the lines of, no, w- this is ridiculous. They they cannot field a sentient magical hut as a goalie. Why not? Yeah, you know, it's not even. It's, it's not like the hut even has any hands. Technically, that's a disadvantage. The hut is bigger than the goal. All it has to do is sit there. No, 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 we've talked to the ref. The hut has agreed to keep the doors and windows open so we can play through. <laughs> that would be a pretty exciting <laughs> action set piece. The um, dribbling and um, and kicking d- and defence through the, go- the goalie, which is, in fact, a small house on chicken legs. Well, especially if somebody then hits a lamp... At which point the goalie thrashes around and demands that a penalty be awarded. <laughs> yes, that's kind of terrifying. Mm. I just like the idea of the, the completely or somewhat ridiculous characters that you could get if you sort of start mining your way through um, through fantasy. Yes, they could get quite bananas. As I said, like a bit like a, a game of Blood Bowl or something. <laughs> mm. Cool. And some sort of ghostly midfielders. You know, if, if they can sort of kick the ball and make it somewhat insubstantial for a while. Oh, wow. So they could, like, ghost Jack 
the ball. Go to jack the ball. Make them hard to tackle. Kick, yeah, indeed. I mean, if you've got a a, a ghostly um, striker who can, yeah, if they get the timing just right, kick the ball, have it pass through the goalie, but then become substantial by the time it hits the net. Because they screw it up and it just sails through the the, the, the net entirely. It's like it, it wasn't actually in the goal. Yeah, physically it speaking, count. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a miss. Yeah, I mean, like headless horsemen as um, you know strikers and so forth. You know, it's like, oh, shoot it to me! I'm open, and it goes for a header, and it just kind of passes through the space <laughs> with the, the the kind of comedy <laughs> that I appreciate. <laughs> yeah, God damn it, Dave! <laughs> the, the difficult life of, of a Dullahan. <laughs> there, there is some ridiculous comedy potential here. Mm. Yep. There's quite a lot of ridiculous comedy potential here. Indeed, indeed. And yeah, if I, if I was if I was doing this as a con game, and I'm mostly thinking of this because of a con game I played a few years back, which was effectively Fantasyland Suicide Squad kind of thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> where where the game started with everybody making up their characters because it was using quags, which is pretty quick. Mm. So we had. I think I was playing the head flying monkey from The Wizard of Oz. Uh, somebody else was playing the uh, evil queen from Cinderella, I want to say. Fair enough. Maybe not Cinderella. Or Sleeping Beauty. It was one of the one of the evil queens, but I forget which one. There are a lot of them. Indeed. The temptation to do the game like that. So it's like, okay, what fantasy creature are you? What ridiculous, manifestly unsuited to playing football fantasy creature are you? <laughs> And then, how does that work for you anyway? Oh, something like Will-O-The-Wisp. Will-O-The-Wisp was a very strange animation from the BBC with Kenneth Williams playing the, the, the titular character. And there was a TV called Evil Edna, who was apparently a witch, but was also evil, obviously. It's, it's inherent in the name. I mean, <laughs> with a name like that, she never really had much of a chance. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, that, that completely baffling sort of things would be a uh, a definite take on that sort of thing but yeah i could see that i yeah. like that one thank you burning yeah the the image of the um yeah Baba Yaga's in your hut. head is Baba's yaga's hut wearing like knee-high socks no like football socks because no. it is in mine maybe shin guards but you know yeah <laughs> like eight foot tall shin guards on chicken and which way which which which, which way is the chicken shins for oh no that's not getting there yeah mm. yes Cool. All right. Thank you, Bernie. We've also had response from Tim, who chimed in on everything on, on the Starship, or everything is alive on the Starship. I've always thought the distinction between spaceship and Starship is obvious. A Starship is a kind of spaceship that travels between stars. Then again, I've seen tons of people describe stories that take place entirely within our solar system as being intergalactic adventures, so what do I know? And I'd say it's more what do they know, but yeah, that's, that is, that's, 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 is, that's a solid... Solid distinction yeah, there Tim, between Tim actually called us, called us out on a fa- failure to even wiki- to look at that up on Wikipedia. But it does feel like something that we should know. Spaceships literally only need to go into space. And a starship yeah, needs to go between stars. It's pretty simple, yeah. actually. We don't have any starships. With the possible... I mean, there's some, some designs for starships, but yeah, with the possible exceptions of the um, the Voyager probes... And they're going to take time. Uh, yeah, we don't have any of those yet. <laughs> For the purpose of the question of what starship I'd like to travel on, I'm guessing the TARDIS is a cheat. Barring the whole stuck in the middle of an interstellar war thing, I think living 
on an entire town space like Super Dimensional Fortress Macross might be a fun way to explore the galaxy. A starship full of living components doesn't doesn't necessarily have to have a scientific explanation. What if every object on the ship is inhabited by a helpful spirit? Maybe it's a fairy starship, or maybe hyperspace is magical, or maybe it's just a starship made by magic instead of science. I couldn't quite get this thought to a level of even a proto-concept for a game in response to the last episode, but Tomb Temperature made me think of living and undead roommates fighting over a thermostat in their apartment. Yep, and yes, my response is pretty much yes. Thank you for calling that out on it, and the fact that the uh, spaceship as a concept may have been grandfathered into science fiction so as groovy sky chariot, so, and used as settings and plot plot conveniences rather than scientific terms. But no, it's all good. And I like the idea of, say, a fey forest travelling the stars with all of, its inha- all of its inhabitants. And it's like, that's how they left when magic left the world. They just took off. So it's entirely literal. Mm-hmm. Magic really did leave the world. Yeah, yeah. It's like, magic left. It's like, there, there it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. And the idea of that the squabbling living undead flatmates does kind of feel like my... Uh, Years flatting, so very what we do in the shadows. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I may have flattered with a couple of zombies at one point. It's hard to tell. You didn't play two of the uh, the many of the more invasive tests. I I did not. I thought, well, what if I'm wrong, and what if they they eat me? I mean, that would have involved tearing themselves away from Dark Age of Camelot or Battlefield 1942, which seems unlikely, but. <laughs> You figured best leave um, sleeping zombs lie? Lee, leave sleeping zombs lie. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, these are people who failed to notice when a full-sized fridge freezer was moved past them and out the door within a few feet of where they were sitting. Nice. It was only a couple of hours later when one of them went to the fridge and wondered where it had gone. <laughs> uh. No idea what those guys are up to these days. <laughs> Well, probably not Dark Age of Camelot. I think that's closed. <laughs> All right. So either WoW, maybe League of Legends, more likely to be WoW, I'm thinking. Mm. I'm not actually really up with the play on what the, the current um, electronic crack is. So. Uh, the young'uns are currently um, shaming one another in the schoolyard for wearing default Fortnite skins. So if, if anything, stuff's gotten worse. I have never played Fortnite. I do know some people at work who play it. Did they refer to you as a default? <laughs> no, no. They were very polite about the fact that I had no clue what they were talking about. So, yeah, that was nice. Uh, I, I understand that Fortnite has dances, possibly including flossing. Yes, yes. That is the extent of my knowledge, pretty much, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, 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 flying, the flying magical forest going through space is a fun one. From a gaming point of view, you kind of need somebody who is unfamiliar with it to experience it, I would think. I don't know, maybe you just make it straight off like a Star Trek TNG ripoff, except it's a, it's a, it's a bosky grove with, with a shimmering magical uh, field around it, and people sitting around on tree stumps discussing the, the, their, their version of the Prime Directive, and where, they, where they're going to travel next. And that's kind of cool. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 and just having random fant- fantasy fey archetypes, except they're all dreadful XPs of the uh, the TNG crew. 
<laughs> that is that is my first most dreadful impulse. So, hmm. I mean, that's fair. That's a reasonable dreadful impulse. I mean, if it's a, if it's a a floating fey forest and we go with the full spectrum of feyness, that's going to get really interesting for every world they come across. Yes. Do you treat it like they've kind of got a demarcation point was like the the summer and winter courts or depending on when you show up lo- whatever the local situation is do they suddenly is like you you're you're communicating by some mystic view screen with so very nice amicable folks and then suddenly they turn up on the planet and they're a little bit weird suddenly yes hmm yeah it'll be, it'll be part of the the fun of that one i think Yes. Yes. What happens when you start out on a mission of mercy and the seasons change? Mm. I mean, the winter's, winter court's approach to solving that particular mission of mercy might be very different to the summer court's yeah. uh, angle on the thing, even if both of them want to help. Yes. Hmm. Mm. Intriguing. Yeah, that is quite... That is quite a fun one. I mean, just the idea of this thing that is a flying out of context problem. <laughs> Because if you assume that everybody else they run into is not travelling in a magical forest with no visible means of propulsion, oxygen production, pressure regulation, etc., etc. Oh, and, and they do things like go around entirely normal-looking bits of space just <laughs> to avoid... The, oh, do I want to go there? It's like, um, yes, it's cursed. Hmm. Hmm. What? Yeah, you mean you can't see it? <laughs> yes. Interesting. Yes, that would be a fun one. I'm not sure how much you, how much I'd want to play it for laughs. How much I'd want to swing between laughs and deadly serious. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yes. Thank, thank you for that one, Tim. Yeah, that is that is quite a fun one. Plus, I'm liking the idea of the weird, the weird trading that could be going on. Sort of a okay. So these guys have turned up. They've offered to trade us. This thing, in return for several gallons of freshly harvested dew. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty sure it's not a translation error. Yes. Okay. Yes, they're they're, yeah, they're asking us to um, to tw- swap this thing. We don't know how it functions, but it is amazing for the taste of sunrise. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> yes, this is an intelligence test. Are they just taking the piss? Hmm. <laughs> If you, if you wanted to sort of cram this into the White Wolf Changeling verse, hmm. you know, you could have the whole thing of a bunch of fae seeing the world getting more and more technolog- technological, realising that there's less and less place for them, but also some of them saying, yeah, but that whole space travel thing, that looks kind of fun. Maybe we could do that too. Hmm. And because they're not hampered by such paltry things as physics and pressure vessels... True. It, it wasn't actually that difficult to prize up a section of some ancient woodland somewhere and fly it off. And, and it's possible that they're just cheating horrifically because they 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 found a way to use and interpret scientific information. It's like, oh, all right, that makes perfect sense. All we have to do is magic spell, done. Yeah. Beats me why the humans do it this way. Yes. Eh, I don't know. That's why the rocks stick to the ground. It's called gravity. Oh, wow. We can fix that. <laughs> yeah, that's easy. Yeah, yeah. That could be fun. That could be a huge amount of fun. Cool. 
yeah, sort of how are we going to stick together the you know the ancient forest ecosystem and the the grasslands and desert ecosystems? What if we just introduce them nicely? Yeah, that should work. <laughs> Have a party, make everyone yeah. nice nice presents and and outfits. Should work fine. Yeah, get everybody a bit drunk, play some party games. It'll be fine. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, the different, very different approaches to um, those sorts of the the moral and and intellectual quandaries raised by like a, a, a genre like Star Trek. Hmm. It's it's potentially quite a fun way of having a having a a comprehensible crack at the aliens who don't think like us hmm. story. Because you know, depending on the version of of the Fae you go with, you've got a species for whom yeah the laws of physics may not apply. But hospitality and and contracts and agreements are life or death matters. Mm. It's a it's a yeah a very different a very different angle on things. At the very least, it it highlights the cultural ex- cultural exchange part and gets away from the lithium crystals part. Mm. You literally assume the lithium crystals part is actually magic, and you do the rest of it. Or time crystals. Or time crystals, yes. Or space fungus. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. Right, okay, so thank you, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, I, I can't decide whether it should be like a bunch of forest all oriented upwards, so that if you went underneath you'd see like tree roots mm, sticking down. I like that. Or whether it wraps around in a sphere, and it's just that this sphere is improbably small and contains ecosystems that don't work together, including like an ocean. Right, you you walk around it, and then there there is a rocky shoreline and a, a ocean stretching as far as you can see. And you walk around the rocky shoreline and come back to where you where to exactly the same point with the fathomless ocean in between in between it within you know fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But the the just the chunk of forest just floating through space, and so they occasionally turn it to give the trees a bit of um, bit of sun or shade, depending on what's required. Mm. Yeah. That is funnier. Yeah, that'd be cool. Cool. Mm. All right. Yep, and we've also got some feedback from Jono. Uh, where did this come through from? I didn't see this one. Uh, this one came in an email to me from the aforementioned Jono, oh, cool, cool. who is a, a... I'm not actually sure how long-term listener, but reasonably long-term listener, mm-hmm. and um, friend, fr- friend of ours from New Zealand, hello Jono, who writes to say, I see the prompt... For the next big red couch is which planet soccer? Let me be the nth person to suggest. Well, actually, I'm going to stop you there because you weren't. You were the only person to suggest this. There was nobody in the queue ahead of you. N N is still a number. True. N in this case is. Let me be the one person that doesn't work. <laughs> um, the nth person to suggest the awful homonym uh, wordplay where it's the secret which planet soccer and the locals do the which planet soccer. When questioned, it, this is like a who's on first thing, but oh yeah, it's totally who's on first. But it's effectively which pointy hat versus which please select from these options. Yes, and also there is a a sports outlook called Planet Soccer as well, just to make the the situation more confusing. And there's multiple of those. Mm. I I took this in a weird direction because it's kind of what we do because. Sort of steering away from the idea that it's, it's just people asking for a chain called Planet Soccer. It put me in mind of how you hide something. That if you were, say, a, a criminal empire 
and you're a very big criminal empire. Yeah, you know, your criminal empire is based on a planet called Soccer or whatever. Planet Soccer. You know eventually people are going to find out that your criminal empire is based on Planet Soccer. If you have enough reach, rather than trying to conceal or, or make it very difficult to to find your, your planet, maybe you do concealment by ubiquity. You build a number of very, very similar planets and settlements all around the place with exactly the same name and exactly the same setup so that nobody has a clue which one is the one that actually has the crime boss on it. Hmm. That, that's kind of what it put me in mind of. <laughs> okay. And it is shades of that episode of Futurama with the um, shape-changing alien and the multiple different iterations of the same uh, palatial abandoned city. I forget which season of Futurama that was from. That it all, all becomes... It all goes horribly wrong when uh, he attempts to marry multiple aliens of different species on the same day because it's really expensive to rent a um, shape-changing tux. Right, right. Okay. Elements of that one. I don't know if you have any ideas for that one, this one or not. Not not beyond that. Yeah. And, yeah, possibly summing it up in a more succinct way, um, sort of approaching, approaching the idea from a gamer point of view, it would be kind of a fun one to have the players discover that there are multiple almost exact copies of their world out there that some complete dick either cloned or multiply terraformed or duplicated an entire world in this case world could mean entire planet or or space station or whatever just to play a shell game and conceal their location hmm well maybe it's a it's an alternate reality franchising thing where soccer is the the favored sport not just of of earth and so forth and played by watched and played by billions of people and so forth it's actually spread to other other alternate realities like at fringe style and it's like someone has been has been jumping between realities you know taking soccer to to multiple different things it's like why is this a thing and why, how has it become so ubiquitous where did it start which which planet in the multiverse is Planet Soccer. Where did it all come from? If you're trying to track down the the maybe sinister origins of running around and kicking a bladder. Well, if if it was started by FIFA, it's almost certainly sinister origins. Yeah. Well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That one I quite like. Yes. Slight sliders, but with sports focused. <laughs> Okay, that's that's just, that's deranged. And a terrifying conspiracy yeah. that basically just turns out to be a colossal franchise income scheme mm. by some football association somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've realised that, like, does this reality have feet, spherical objects, and spare time? Yeah, cool. We, we can do. We can work with that. <laughs> wow. Uh, that that's quite fun just for the if you assume that the players are the let's track this down let's figure this out mm. it means that someone you know if, if dimensional travel isn't a big thing somebody discovered the ability to travel through dimensions and their first thought was let's franchise football to make a crap ton of money it's kind of the um, Charles Stross's Merchant Prince's idea but with sports franchising 
And the advantage of sports franchising is that um, it's not like you have to actually ship anything. Indeed, it's mimetic. Hmm. And like I say, it's like, yeah, if you've got an open space, feet and some time, you can just kick a can around and work your way up from there. Hmm. Maybe we're onto something. All you need to do is break the um, walls between the uh, adjacent realities and care about sports. And I'm not sure, actually, which is harder. (laughs) It's touch and go. I have nominally watched at least one football game since I have been in in England. Good on you. Um, I I had the... uh, Interest in, in athletics and team sports thoroughly removed from me during school, which I, I've got to got to say I, I I've got to commend them for because it set me up for um, the uh, decades of being interested in computer games and role playing games. So good job. Mm. Yes, I think mine was was medically removed at an early age. <laughs> Indeed, and and good on those folks who enjoy such things because. Otherwise, we wouldn't have parks and stadiums and so forth, which also are generally multi-use venues. So, Yeah, and I, I am glad that there are people who passionately enjoy football, because otherwise all of those people at the pub shouting at the, at the screen are doing it for some completely incomprehensible reason. Rather than just largely incomprehensible. Nice. Okay, there's no point in us running down people who like sports anymore. It is yeah. wildly redundant. <laughs> And very pointless. Pretty much, we've, we've built up our our nerd stereotype points enough for uh, for a while. It is it is slight. I confess, it is completely petty. I, it is it is more sour grapes than anything. I, I, I vaguely regret not being able to give a damn because people do seem to get into this shit quite a lot. Oh yeah, yep. There there are people who care very very deeply mm. about their favourite football team. Mm. I. Have have been trying to pick a suitably obscure English football team to not really care about while I have been while I am here. Unfortunately, it turns out that Shippy Hill may have had a football team at one point, but don't anymore. Oh. And thus, choosing a football team based around the least used railway station in the UK was not a goer. You could just say that you you see if you can find some some antique supporters gear and just just you know furiously claim that you're standing them until they, they make a recovery. Well, the team can still come back. They can come back from this. They haven't played a game since 63. They can come back! <laughs> I never give up. Never give up hope. You know, it's like, you know. Yeah. You can't give up. Is that what a dinosaur would do? Yes. Yes. Real fans don't quit just because the team's been relegated to actually not existing. <laughs> True. Those fair weather yeah, fans no, no, nobody, and the teams yeah. that actually play games. I don't know. Nobody <laughs> makes fun of Cubs fans because they supported a team that didn't win uh, win a game for over a hundred years. Therefore, I'm okay in supporting a team that hasn't existed for fifty. <laughs> nice. Mm, see if you can like it. Yeah, see if you can resurrect their uh, their colours and and and, and find us find out what the scarf looked like and so forth. Well, maybe maybe this is it. Maybe this is the, the, the ultimate thing of Witch Planet Soccer, resurrecting the ghosts of teams and play, playing them off against one another. Huh? Oh my god. If you wanted to go with a very positive and uplifting version of the dimension-hopping Planet Soccer thing, the idea of a completely obsessed team of 
you could start it with football fans, but the idea of having it as as other fans, uh, fans of other um, other sports as well. Dimension hopping, looking for you know, in the case of Shippy Hill, using it as an example. I have no idea whether there was actually ever an organised team. I think we found one reference to one game ever, but the idea of fans fans of teams that either faltered before they ever got put together or dream teams that kind of broke apart too soon traveling through the dimensions trying to find the one where that team played more games or that that franchise is still going again i'm not certain how you make a game of it it is a bit weird the idea of touring the multiverse to attempt to see all the matches played by a sports team that didn't it almost didn't exist in your reality it's very completionist i, do, that's, I admire that Hmm. It almost works better as a time, tra- time and um, and dimension travel one because then you can do the well. Let's go and and see, yeah. Let's go and see a game played by ex footballer who was tragic. Yeah, was was tragically killed in a uh, a freak tuna fishing accident. Yeah, let's go find the universe where that footballer did not get blackballed from the league hmm. because of the regrettable late-night drinking incident at the uh, the Hotel Shady Pines kind of thing. Yes. Though that that is getting very inside baseball, and I think it, it sounds more like a... Not really the focus of a of a game, but unless people are intense, <clears throat> intensely interested in that sort of alternate history but for sports, bound to be somebody. It, it is a bit niche. Hmm. On the other hand, if we were ever looking for an RPG to try to sell to the fantasy football market, indeed, indeed, maybe that is the that is the ultimate victory of nerds over jocks, or vice versa, is that we start doing role playing games about sports and it really takes off. We are not the people to write that game. Oh goodness, no! <laughs> All right, so that's a wild set of excursions into the world of of a sport that we admit to knowing very little about so yeah some excellent suggestions from listeners thanks one and all for your contributions those of you who do know something about sports um we've stopped now so (laughs) you can come out you can stop grinding your teeth and and stop blocking your ears so i guess now comes the part where we announce what the next episode is going to be indeed so this one there were many votes, like nine of them, and what what came out as the winner and the prompt for episode one hundred and twenty six is stranded. Awesome. That's from Jared O. Thank you, Jared. Nice specific one. A simple contained observation that we can you know, go in weird directions from. So yeah, no, excellent. That's a that's an excellent one. And for your voting pleasure, we will have. On, on the ballot, malevolent immediacy. One that realistically can't be read out, but can be summarised as, what does a cheeky Nando's mean? Religious cops trained to fight magic, based on a true story. And if not us, who will go there? Apparently not us. So, yes, by the time you're hearing this, that, that poll should have been up for a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're doing these days is basically running the poll until the start of recording. So, um, vote early, vote often. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to our show. Indeed. Thank you very much. And go 
which planet soccer team? Yay, local sports? No. <laughs> Go Broomsticks! Yay! See ya! Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!